It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Third now, Maple Leafs leading the Flyers 1-0. Nylander with his sixth of the season. Second period, Nashville up 2-0 on Dallas. Wild at Coyotes later. Early in the second period in Prince Albert, the Oil Kings lead the Raiders 3-0. And seven minutes left in the fourth, Raptors trail Boston 86-77. Oilers at Bruins tomorrow, 3-30 face-off show game at 5 right here on 630 Chet. He is one of Canada's all-time greats in the sport of soccer. He's now cheering for the current generation of players, and he knows what it's like to play a big game in front of a packed house at Commonwealth Stadium. He is on the hotline presented by Certain Teat, professional-grade building materials, former Canadian goalkeeper Craig Forrest. Craig, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. I always love having you on the show, and we have so much to talk about. And I got to admit, Craig, I was a little lazy. I didn't prepare a first question. All <laughs> I prepared was a date, and then I'm just going to let you go. Uh, <laughs> June 5th, 1994. Ring a bell? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Actually, actually, the date itself doesn't, but the year and the time and the place uh, Brazil against Canada. What were we have a 53,000 or something like that? Amazing crowd, obviously not coming to probably expect to see Canada get a result and to get a 1-1 draw and actually nearly win the game against their starting lineup that a month later, a month and a half later, win the World Cup was, was really, truly something that was really memorable. And uh, it was one of the only times in Canada that we actually had a, a very pro Canadian crowd. And I think we'll, we're going to see that for these next couple games for Canada as well. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And and you mentioned the attendance and it's going to be right around that for these two Canadian games. I, I just want to flash back to 94 because you guys had a really good side and came up just short in World Cup qualifying. If the tournament had been expanded like it was now, you, you would have been in. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Mm -hmm. So what was it like for you guys to play Brazil for a tune-up game for them. I mean, was it hard to get up for that game? Or, or, or when did you get up to it? Did the crowd help you get into it? Tell me about that. Oh, we got up for it, all right. I mean, when you're playing the very best team in the world and they got their starting lineup, it was a, a dream come true to play the number one team in the world. Unfortunately, I was able to do it uh, three times in my career um, in different times and different places in Japan as well, where we drew nil-nil in the Confederations Cup. Um, yeah, we were buzzing. Um, the fact that we didn't make the World Cup, finishing second in CONCACAF, gave us a, a half spot, but that half spot wasn't much. It was Australia home and away, and if we beat them, then we would have to play Argentina and Diego Maradona home and away, and we ended up losing on penalties to Australia. So 
we we knew we need, had to beat Mexico on the last day. Um, we were tied on points, had them at home in Toronto, and ended up losing two to one. But uh, we pushed them all the way, and that was the most disappointing result, just because with only one you know spot going into the United States, it was uh, it was always going to be a tough ride. And doing so well and getting so close was uh, really really disappointing. So anyway, but saying that. If we qualify for the World Cup, I don't think we would have played the teams that we did play in the warm-up, uh, which included Brazil, Spain, Morocco, Germany, and Holland, all within about 12 days spell and all with their starting lineups. So it was a special time to play against those very best teams in the world. Uh, so th from that standpoint, it was a... It was second best, obviously, making it to the World Cup, but uh, what an opportunity and what a what a time and what a memory in Edmonton that was. And I I've got wanna... several of them in Edmonton from that standpoint, to be fair. Well, yeah, I mean, the, there were a lot of national team games uh, played in Edmonton during your era. Tell me a little bit about being in the stadium that day. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was like you said, it was over 50,000. It was Brazil, but most of those people were cheering for Canada, which is, as you mentioned, not a luxury Canada uh, always had. So I'll ask you kind of a two-parter. What was it like that day? And, and what do you expect coming up Friday and Tuesday here? Uh, well, I got to go. Well, I'll take a step back as well, because when we were, you know, the national team looking around for, cities to play in and who would support us and whatnot uh edmonton was there for us it was uh, a real treat going to edmonton the players preferred it they wanted to go there it was the home for canada it was a place where we got supported the best when a lot of other places didn't care didn't you know and wouldn't support us that well so we uh, still see it as the home for our national team program because of that reason, uh, we remember those moments, you know, and, and you look at Alfonso Davies and the fact that he's come through Edmonton and from Edmonton is just, uh, it's what they deserve. They just, if there's a city in Canada deserves Alfonso Davies, it's Edmonton. And, and not just for that reason, I mean, it's, it's home of immigration. Uh, Edmonton has a high immigration more than most cities in Canada. So, uh, you know, this Canadian team is, is them. Um, incredibly, I just took a look through the, the, the team called up and the recent call-ups and their backgrounds and where their parents were born. And it was staggering. I, I, I you got five countries in Africa, um, three or four in the Caribbean, three or four in South America, about 10 or 12 in Europe, a couple in Asia. These are parents of the players involved right now playing for Canada. It is phenomenal and it's fantastic and it, and it is Canada yeah that's a great way to put it for sure does the Craig Forrest joining us on Inside Sports the, the weather a lot has been made of this well let's welcome Costa Rica and Mexico to Edmonton in November right <laughs> <laughs> no it's not uh it's not snowing here it's not a it's not a blizzard but I certainly wouldn't describe it as warm I mean you've been on these pitches home and away is it going to make a difference? Is it? Is it going to? Are, are we going to be the the tough guys in the a bit of a bit of a wind chill? And these other countries are going to have 
trouble with it. What do you see? Yeah, no, I think it's more the fact that we, you know, you're playing at home and maybe they make a bit more of it than they should. Uh, maybe we do with the altitude in Mexico City, but uh, you use it to your advantage as much as you can. It's unusual. Uh, I got word today that the Costa Ricans are only showing up, I believe, tonight because they had some visa issues. So they're going to be coming in late, have one session on the, the pitch tomorrow, and then uh, they'll be ready to go for Friday. So not ideal for them for preparation. Um, but yeah, if it's really cold, it's not, it's not ideal. But it's one thing about, I would rather play in cold weather than hot, hot weather because you can only tear your clothes off so far and <laughs> you could always add gloves and whatever to get through it. And once you warm up on the field, it's not an issue. It really, it really is a non-issue, but we can try to make it an issue for them if we want. <laughs> well, I'm sure we will. What's the most uncomfortably hot weather you ever played in, Craig? Oh, well, there's a few. Jamaica's always, always hot. I mean, we were fortunate the national team this cycle or last cycle when they played there. Uh, well, first of all, the, the government wouldn't let any fans in because of COVID restrictions, which helps. Uh, the pitch was terrible, which is normal. Um, but it was 30 degrees and 85% humidity. And, you know, it's really, really sticky. Uh, normally, we play there with a full stadium and they'll play there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's, it's it's even worse. Same with Azteca. Play at high noon or 2 o'clock when the sun's coming down really high to just add to the uh, the torment, torment, torment of what's going on uh, uh, in that stadium normally. But... Um, it's going to be a great event for Edmonton. And I think that uh, the team doing so well times itself perfectly for these two very important games that are going to be attended really well. So Alfonso Davies, you mentioned him. He is the talk of the country. He is the talk of the city. Edmonton is so proud for his connections here. Mm -hmm. When you watch him, what has allowed him to separate and where does he go from here? Like, how high can this young man ascend? Well, we had this discussion, and if anybody gets a chance, a uh, Footy Prime podcast, we did a really nice interview with uh, John Herb, and he was very candid about many, many things, including his first meeting with the with the, the team. You know, uh, I asked him if uh, if he felt he obviously knew the players are going to be talking about this woman's coach that's now the men's coach it's just what players do um not that they're not going to give you a chance but they're going to talk about it he said i was aware of that and he said i was absolutely crapping myself he says i was in the fetal position the night before i was so nervous and then when you talk to the players about that first meeting and get together um I think they had, I think he had him at hello. Um, he's fantastic motivator. They bought in important that in Alfonso also buys in as well, of course, coming from Bayern Munich and just the, the power that he can have in the dressing room. They've all bought in. And, uh, I talked to John Osorio about, uh, pregame and, uh, going out on the pitch. And he said, Five minutes before going on, John gives a speech that you just want to go through a wall. He says, it's just, this is amazing. Amazing. So he's given them that little bit extra. And in a time when we've got uh, a good side to a comp, uh, to a company, Alfonso. But when you look at Alfonso, you took a look at a tier players, which John also looked at. 
tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four players. Um, he's obviously that tier one and above. He's that star player that Canada has always needed. We needed that flair player, the one that, you know, that you buy tickets. Like he's, he's going to entertain and there's going to be others. Tejon Buchanan, entertainer, fast, quick. Osorio, good football players, really good football players. I have to say, one of the reasons, you know, we look back uh, uh, on reasons why this national team has uh, come together so well, and yeah, you're always going to have a golden generation, teams do, but a lot had to do with the the structure of Major League Soccer, um, professionalism, or lack of, that we always had. If we were going to compete in a sport that the whole world competes in, we have to be doing it at a much better level that's improved but the mls rules for years were canadian players played in the states as foreigners and americans played in canadian mls teams teams as non-foreigners it was built that league to build the american structure and it hurt our our setup we could not get canadian players nobody wanted them they were only allowed three foreign players why would you sign a canadian well that changed uh, Victor Monteleani had a lot to do with that uh, as a president, that that was just an unfair rule. So you can go through probably half of this team and see the benefits of Major League Soccer. And over the last six or seven years, that has been to this team. So there has been a few things for, for sure that have uh, benefited, uh, as well as having a, a player come out of the woodwork like uh, Alfonso and um he's got everything we need he's got pizzazz he's got entertainment he's got you know what the young kids like and the social media um he he is truly a star uh and he's a world name now because he's one of you're talking about one of the best players left-sided players in the world in the world like it's just incredible and he deserves everything that he's getting and i just hope he can stay healthy and fit because obviously his Pace is his, uh, is his weapon. Well, Craig, these are going to be uh, awesome matches. And, and like you said, a, a, an incredible Canadian team that has a, a chance to do something really special here. And it's always special to have uh, you on the show, of course. Uh, you know, I consider you the greatest Canadian soccer player of all time, but Alfonso is charging hard. Fair enough? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think he passed me at about a month at Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> even if I was in contention, but I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the team. I'm happy for everybody. I just, I hope it ends up being two great matches. I, I, I think we have every possibility of winning both of them. The team will be looking to pick up six points. Uh, a win and a draw is not a bad one um, either, but uh, these are two very good teams and uh, the support is going to be needed and the players feel it the, in, in football more than any other sport. I think that the home support plays a massive role and uh, Edmonton's going to play that role for us. I think. Let's visit with the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears basketball team, Barnaby Craddock. Barnaby, ranked number two in the nation, buddy, off and running this season. Yeah, basketball's back in Edmonton. We're having some fun. I mean, the guys, uh, 
miss it out on last year with the whole pandemic. I mean, everyone's just happy to be back on the court playing some sports, and uh, we've won a few games, so we'll see, uh, try to keep it going here. So uh, undefeated in the uh, preseason, you beat Lethbridge on the road to start the Canada West schedule last weekend. You have Mount Royal this weekend, uh, 8 o'clock and 7 o'clock for the start of the Bears games. Now, what's the format this year? Who, who are you guys playing? Is the schedule changed? Yeah, we got a different schedule, so we're only in province uh, for the conference part. And then for playoffs, we branch out and play everyone. So whether that's Victoria or Winnipeg, uh, that's the the reach of Canada West. So, yeah, so we're just playing our in-provincial rivals for a bit, and then uh, we'll see where that takes us into playoffs. Um, uh, Yeah. All right, so the Golden Bears are hosting Nationals in March, March 10 to 13th. I know that's a long way away, but as hosts, you're going to be in. How did that affect recruiting for this season? Uh, non-factor. I mean, we've we've had our team in place, and uh, you know, U of A really picked up that hosting of Nationals uh, last minute. Um, so it's uh, it was a bit of a. Uh, a last minute thing so we already had our our team in place we've got some good returning guys and i mean our program lost uh you know a historical group there with brody clark andre kelly Dwan williams ivan icomi they're all seniors they're all gone and you know they won a lot of games so uh i think everyone's uh, pleasantly surprised to see all the other faces in the program step up and uh, start to lead us forward all right. Uh, did you have a couple of transfers come in that are helping out this year? Yeah, there is a couple of new guys. Uh, well, Abdullah Shitu used to be uh, from Harry Ainley. So so he's in the program now. He's in his fourth year of eligibility. And uh, Colton Gibb, who's from Southern Alberta, is up here for med school now. Uh, so he's he's joined the program. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think that, you know, it, it's nice to have uh, some talented guys like that join in. But seeing the, the younger group of uh, Brandon Micklejohn and Lars Shimway and Jeffrey James and a couple outer towners like Adam Page and Tyus. Uh, I mean, it's just fantastic to see those guys all stepping up and taking on a bigger role. What do you expect from Mount Royal this weekend? I believe they are also 2-0 out of the gate. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're having one of their better seasons to date, and they had a big win over a, a good Regina team earlier in the season, and then two wins last weekend. So, uh, high-powered offensive team. I would expect to see a lot of points scored this weekend at Savile Center. You know, we'll do our best to try defend them and uh, score uh, score on offense as well. But uh, they definitely have some some scorers on that squad, and um, should be good. It's uh, eight o'clock Friday night, seven Saturday, and uh, we'll try to keep this win street going right and pandas before you guys both nights you got it i think they're nationally ranked as well having another great season so uh you know i know my my wife and daughter are always out watching that game so that's good basketball that is at six on friday five on saturday awesome i hope you get big crowds for those barnaby thanks for checking in man we'll talk throughout the season okay appreciate it reed talk soon barnaby craddock head coach you have a golden bears basketball team ranked number two in the nation. Good stuff. Good coach. Predators lead the Stars 2-0 in the second period. In the third, Maple Leafs up 2-0 on the Flyers. Oil Kings with a 3-0 lead on PA in the third. And the Raptors have lost 104-88 to Boston. That's where the Oilers are. 3.30 face-off show tomorrow. Game against the Bruins at 5. Thanks for listening. Take care. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.